As everybody have a seat, good morning. How's New City Church doing today? Oh, come on. How are we doing today, man? That's after that. Are you kidding me? Awesome. Hey, everybody say hey to the kids. Hey, kids. Hey, children. But I tell you what, that's, a, that's an awesome sound. You know, um, when we started the, the church here, uh, not well, we've only been really a, a church now for about three months, but uh, if you have if you were if you were here a year ago as part of Edgerton Baptist Church, would you please stand up? I know you hate when I do this, but yeah, like please don't do this, guys. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, it was it was literally to and and I always ask these folks when they see crowds like this, uh, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I keep getting things like amazing. This is crazy. This is overwhelming a little i mean literally one of the things that they said that they that they envisioned when you know we kind of came together and said let's start a church and let's read let's relaunch a church here in edgerton and they said we just want to see children filling this basement and uh, you know i talked to adam they counted a little bit ago there are 38 kids here today are you kidding me wow Guys, we have people from all ages, from young to not so young, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and old guys like me, too. And um, it's fun. It's a lot of fun to be a part of this, guys. And this is kind of, a, kind of a neat thing. We had about 85 people at a sunrise service this morning, which is crazy. We all had crust in our eyes, we're like, oh, you know, and everything. And it's just wonderful to see what's going on here at our church. Amen? Amen. And we, and we do all this stuff not because of some, you know, thought thing that we have or some ideas that we have or some, some way of thinking that we have or, or, or anything like that. We do this because Jesus Christ rose from the dead and show us exactly who he said he was. Right? I mean, we're, we're here, and I love, I love the bonnets, by the way. <laughs> Flash them, ladies. It's all good. Do like that. Let us show them where you're at, right? Hey. Trust me, I'm usually in jeans and a t-shirt. I even made, Judy even made me take a bath today. I, I, I mean, this is crazy. Something must be happening here, here at church today. Something, we're celebrating something, right? But Jesus really rose. Even, even, I mean, I believe it so fiercely and intensely that I even almost put on a full suit. Didn't wear a tie, but almost put on a full suit, you know? Crazy. You know, last week I was uh, the, the pastor. I'm going to scoot these papers over because I'm afraid I'm going to slip. I was a pastor at um, a youth camp called Aflame. You had about 20, 25 kids there or something like that. I, don't, I never got the count. But, you know, one of the things that we talked about was the fact that this idea of truth is being uh, maligned in our society. Things, things like there's no such thing as absolute truth. Amen to that. There's no such thing as absolute truth, right? No such thing as absolute truth anywhere in society. Like, what's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me right? Doesn't really matter. So the, the idea of this whole idea of truth is, is, is powerful if we understand what, what we're talking about. Because here's what Jesus said. If you remember what Jesus said before the crucifixion, when he's being led like a, like a, what's, what, what's called a, like a lamb to the slaughter, and he's been beaten, and he's in front of the, the Roman governor, Pilate, and he's, he's sitting there say, talking about the reason why he came. He said, I was born for this. For this reason I was born, for this reason I, I came into the world, to testify to the, to the truth. 
I mean, this, that's an amazing statement because, I mean, we get philosophers waxing on all the time about why did Jesus come? Did he come to die? Did he come to live a perfect life? Did he come to fulfill 300 some odd prophecies? Which he did all those things. And he even rose from the dead all to do what? To testify to the truth. The truth, which is God, which is the word, which is Jesus. It's an amazing thing. And we can truly rest, guys, in the knowledge of the resurrection, that it really happened. This is an historic fact. Amen to that. That's all right. He's good. He's, he's amen to me to death. This is good. This is good. Amen, amen, amen to that. That's exactly right. right. We're going to just talk back and forth. It's all good. No, that's cool. But here's the thing. It's so cool that, 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 the, that the resurrection is not something that we just say, hey, we believe it. It ha-, You know, guys, Think about this. I'm going to kind of help us shift gears a little bit when it comes to some of this stuff. Uh, here's a guy who fulfilled hundreds of prophecies. By the way, I, I, I kind of looked at like the whole Passion Week when he's coming into Jerusalem on a donkey. And he, uh, by the time, and, and, and between that and, and the time he rises from the dead, he fulfills about 130 predictions about him. Jesus did. That's impossible. But see, here's a guy who did all that and said, not only am I going to die, but I'm also going to rise from the dead. And he did it. Right? I mean, think about that. I mean, Easter's cool, man. The Easter eggs are awesome. And, and the, the big bonnet hats and the preacher even taking a bath and not wearing jeans and a t-shirt. I mean, that's totally cool, man. It's great. But he was dead and, and, he, and he's alive, man. I'm, talking, I'm like, Buddha never did that? Confucius never did that? Uh, uh, Joseph Smith never did that? Uh, Muhammad never did that, right? Uh, none of these guys ever did what Jesus did. And lots of people said that they're the right way. Lots of people said that they're the only way. Lots of people even said that they are God, but not one of them said, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise. Guys, we need to be thinking differently about this resurrection. We need to be thinking differently. We need to be understanding that it is the basis that we can rely on, that is the pledge token guarantee of who Jesus said he was. Matthew 28 talks about this. And, you know, if you were here for the Good Friday service, it was a, it was a very impactful, moving service. We all sat in a circle here. And if you were here the other night, we went through Matthew 26 and 27, talking about leading up to the, the, the crucifixion and what happened and the fact that they sealed the tomb completely so that so that no, they were saying, hey, you know, this guy said he's going to die and rise again, so we don't want the disciples to come and steal the body, so we're going to make sure that it's sealed and guarded and all that kind of stuff, right? Matthew 28, verse 1 says, Now, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Suddenly there was a severe earthquake, for an angel of the Lord Descending from heaven came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were shaken and became like what? Dead men. Because they were so afraid of him. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. Then, then go quickly and tell his disciples. Amen. And he, and he has raised, been raised from the dead. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. 
You will see him there. Listen to this. I'm going to repeat that. He has been raised from the dead. Right? He is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. I went from here to here and I can't find my place. Sorry. Happens to the best of us. Uh, the guards were shaken. The angel said to the women, there we go. He is not here for me as raised just as he said. Come and see the place where he's lying. They go quickly tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. I'm back on it. And ran to tell his disciples. But Jesus met them saying, greetings. They came to him, held on to his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will see me there. Here's something I want you to understand. Is that the gospel writers were so focused on writing down the actual facts than they were trying to look good the fact that women saw for the first time discovered the empty tomb and they actually wrote it down means that they were more intensely focused on trying to say you know what this is right writing down what was correct because women in the first century were not considered were essentially considered second-class citizens they were not allowed to like have testimony in court so the testimony of women was not even valid in that society and yet they wrote it down guys guys they wrote down what happened as in this resurrection this whole thing is is something that if you're going through a particular thing in your life you can rest that jesus rose from the dead this is not a a myth or a fable or even something that's been just sort of raised up as a as an idea this actually truly happened. We're going to watch a video, very personal to me too, of my daughter Morgan, who did some amazing things in her life and, and rested on the resurrection of this Christ that rose. And things changed in her life when she fully rested on it. Morgan has been made beautiful and pure and clean by Jesus Christ who rose on this day. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. After they had assembled with the elders and formed a plan, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. Listen to this. Very important for us to understand the historical context of this. Telling them, you are to say, his disciples came at night and stole his body while we were asleep. People are still saying that today, as a matter of fact. We're going to talk about some of those things. This matter is heard before the governor. We will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and and did as they were instructed. And this story is told among the Jews to this day. So at the time of this writing, the people that were, that were, that were, uh, the Jews were still spreading this thing. Yeah, the disciples came and stole it. It's all a fake, right? And today, even today, there are alternative theories to the, to the resurrection, that we bank so heavily on, that Morgan banks so heavily on. There's no reason to change our lives if this is a joke. There's no reason to do anything differently if this is just all a myth, if this is something that's just handed down from generation to generation, it's just something we made up. 
because there's all kinds of alternative theories. One of the, some of the theories I want to talk a little bit about and kind of help us to understand that, that you may be struggling with some of these things. Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Because some people say things like, well, maybe the women went to the wrong tomb and they, they saw it and, you know, that, that kind of thing. Guys, understand something. Just like we talked about here, everybody knew where the tomb was supposed to be, especially the women, especially the people that, that saw de- Jesus dead. It was probably the tomb that was heavily guarded, you know, used to be owned by the rich guy. Probably the tomb that was sealed up so nobody could get in it. Probably that same tomb. Um, another disciple, another thing is that the, the disciples stole the body, right? That's what they, the, people are still saying that kind of thing today. You, you guys remember uh, Friday night we talked about that. Number one, they would have been killed by the Roman guards who, if they had lost their position, they had been somehow been infiltrated by anybody, they themselves would have been killed. That's why they went to the other people going, oh, 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 guess this is what happened, man, we're all freaked out. And they're like, all right, all right let's figure this out. Let's tell them that, you know, they, they made up this big old story, right? But the, in, in Matthew 27, 62 said, said that the next day, which followed the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before, before Pilate. And said, sir, we remember that while this deceiver, talking about Jesus, was still alive, he said, after three days I will rise again. Therefore give orders that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come, steal him, and tell the people he has been raised from the dead. Then the last deception will be worse than the first. You have a guard of soldiers, Pilate told them. They were expecting this. They were like, we got a guard against this. And then they come out and they say, hey, maybe this is what happened, right? It's crazy. Oh, here's another one, another theory that a lot of people say. The Romans, Roman guards stole the body. What would be the motive in that, right? They were trying to protect against all that. They were trying to guard it heavily. And what would be the reason for them to, to steal the body? Here's one. I love this one. The gospel authors all lied. They all just kind of came up with this idea of Jesus rising from the dead, you know, because it was like some sort of a, a ancient mythological thing and everything like that. that there was a, a risen God from the dead. And so they, they thought that'd be a good idea. Well, guess, guess what? When these guys wrote down what they wrote down, they were not celebrated. They were hunted. They couldn't hold jobs. Their families rejected them. And eventually, we're going to talk about this in a second. Eventually, they all were, most of them were martyred and killed for their belief in what? In, in, a, in a great teaching? No. In a great man? No. In a great philosophy? No. In a wonderful religious figure? No. They saw Jesus dead and they saw him alive and they were willing to go through hell on earth for it. Amen? We got to be thinking differently about this. Everyone hallucinated is another theory which is crazy to me because there's no psychological evidence of a whole bunch of people all at the same time having a hallucination all at the same time and not only having a hallucination all at the same time but this same hallucination hanging out with them for 40 days eating and drinking talking all that kind of stuff right no psychological evidence and by the way if this was a hallucination people could just simply go back to the tomb and go oh no (laughs) i guess it was a hallucination there's the tomb there's the guards we're all good amazing some people say But it's impossible. It's impossible. But I would say, I hope so. Because I don't want to worship a God that can only do the possible, that is only possible in the natural realm. Amen? Amen. The the one I think is the funniest, but it probably gets the most traction, is the swoon theory. Anybody heard of this one? Where Jesus is on the cross and he just goes, ah. 
from lack of blood and shock. He just sort of passes out, right? And then they wrap him up, put him in the tomb, and, and, and the cold dampness of the tomb sort of woke him up. He's like, hey, what happened? Takes all his stuff, you know, all his all this wrappings off and everything, probably 75 pounds of spices that, that, uh, that were on him, kind of scrapes those off, pulls them out of his skin and everything like that. And somehow it comes out, ta-da, I'm alive, right? Guys, he was beaten so badly that there's no way that these guys would have followed him as a beacon of life overcoming death. They would have had to take care of him. And, you know, even if it was possible that he didn't die, which he, he absolutely did. The Roman guards and the Roman people were, were so, such experts in death. Uh, it, so so this, this whole idea that somehow he just sort of revived in the tomb is ridiculous. I mean, all these guys that followed him somehow wound up heavily persecuted, except for Judas. We'll talk about that in a second. But Matthew himself, and this is supposed to be him, but I was like, hey, man, this is Easter. You're supposed to have a happy message. This is a happy message. It's a great message. But we need to understand what happened to these guys so we can point out the ridiculousness of the alternative theories. Because these guys wouldn't have followed a guy that they knew was alive up to the point of death because Matthew was impaled and beheaded in India. Bartholomew was stabbed with a spear. Philip, Philip hung by hooks on his ankles and left to die. James, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded in Palestine. Jude was crucified in Persia. Matthias was stoned and beheaded. John, who wrote the book of John in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John in Revelation, was died of natural causes, but he was severely persecuted, even, even dipped in boiling oil. Are you kidding me? James the Less was thrown from a pinnacle and stoned to death. Simon the Zealot was crucified. Judas Iscariot, as we know, was, 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 had killed himself as a result of, of sinning against the Lord. My last two, Peter and Andrew, I want to talk about Peter first because what Peter did is just incredible. Peter, in Rome, they finally caught up with Peter. And Peter's the guy that denied Jesus three times, right? He says, I don't know this man. I don't know the rooster crows. And he whips, weeps bitterly, right? So he's scared at that time. But at this time, they, they, when he's crucified, at first he watches his wife be crucified. For, for faith in this Jesus, right? A philosopher, right? A teacher, right? A guy, a religious guru, right? No, no, here's a guy who died and rose from the dead. And he watches his wife die. And the Roman guards look at him and say, hey, all you have to do is deny faith in Jesus, deny this Jesus, deny this resurrection, and we'll let you live. He said, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. Crucify me upside down, and they did. He just swooned, he just passed out. One of these guys would have cracked. One of them said, hey, it's a joke. Hey, it's a lie. Hey, he didn't rise. Hey, we stole his body. Hey, we did this. Hey, we... somebody would have said something. But he rose. And his brother Andrew, Peter's brother Andrew, it was kind of the quiet one. It's kind of a wild thing. He was crucified on an X-shaped, X-shaped cross in Greece. And the amazing thing is, is that when he approached the cross, according to, I think it's Fox's Book of Martyrs, wrote this account down, that when he approached the cross, he embraced it and said, I finally get to die like my Lord. And they crucified him on that cross, and he hung on the cross and preached for two days. He just passed out. Are you kidding me? At some point, we have to say, this is, that doesn't make any sense unless they saw him dead and they saw him alive. My question is, 
I'm going to leave you with some questions. Because this is a heavy thing. I said, man, Casey, it's supposed to be Easter by Easter eggs. And, but it is, guys. I don't, I, it, it's not just about that, man. We need to be thinking. And this is a happy message because we can walk out of here victorious in the resurrection. Just like Morgan is victorious over the things that she used to do. Amen? What do I do with the resurrection? Here's the way Jesus wrote his book right after this account of the, res- of the resurrection. Matthew 28, verses, verse 16. So the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain Jesus has, had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, some were freaked out. I'd be freaking doubting too, because if I'm going to follow this guy, uh, my family's going to kick me out of the family. I'm not going to be able to, able to hold a job. My testimony's not going to be able to allowed in court. I'm going to be hunted. I'm probably going to be killed yeah, we would all be kind of freaked out a little bit. This is what he said. Then Jesus came up to them and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. This is, after, this is right after the resurrection, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And all God's people said, amen. As a result of this resurrection, we have the power within us, guys, to actually go and make disciples. And I'm not talking about this whole idea of go. A lot of times I know preachers love to preach, go, right? It's like, a it makes for a great sermon, but it's incorrect in a lot of ways because it says, in, in essence, it's as you are going, as you're living your life, as you're going to the marketplace, as you're working, as you're, as you're, as you're going to the grocery store, as you're eating a cheeseburger, you know, whatever it is, as you are going, go and make disciples, take them with you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. And what? Teaching them to obey. That's the one we tend to forget. We got to teach people to obey. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And we can do this with a bold confidence in the historic fact of Jesus's resurrection not a worldly cockiness or anything but a bold godly swagger my favorite one of my my favorite line from a rap song is uh by cash hollister by in a song called lay it down he said i'm 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 mislabeled as cocky man i'm just quick to brag on my savior where you think i get my swagger from that awesome for some of you i want you to listen to the words of peter from acts 2 i'm gonna ask the band to come up and kind of Close the message out a little bit. I want you to listen to the words of Peter from Acts 2. Because he explained this very same thing to unbelieving Jews about all the things, the history, the, 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 the facts of the resurrection, the facts of the prophecies. Acts 2, 37 through 41. I'm going to read this with you. It says, now when they heard this, they were acutely distressed. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what should we do, brothers? Peter said, repent. And each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children. And for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. With many are the words he testified and exhorted them by saying, 
save your souls from this perverse generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were added. That day. And guys, I want to let you know that the water is ready if anybody is called to be baptized today. Jesus rose. And for some of you, this is the first time you've actually thought, this really happened, right? This really happened. I never looked at it that way. There's an historic fact that 500 people looked at this guy and saw him, and he hung out for 40 days and ate and was ascended to heaven. Amazing. It's not just an Easter story. We're going to have some people here at the back, including myself, that are, if you have questions and you say, I want to be baptized, we can do it today. We can schedule it, whatever. Lord, some of you, it doesn't matter. Let's dunk in your Easter clothes. It's cool. But it's a true thing. What Peter said, this is what you do. Repent and be baptized. For some of us, we need to step up and start making disciples. For some of us, we need to start being disciples. Father, we thank you for what you have done. We thank you that this is not just an Easter story. We thank you that as the, as the children come forward and sing this great, amazing song that you've practiced, and it's going to be beautiful, Lord. We just ask that you help us, Father, to be more like them in absolutely every way, that the innocence and the lack of prejudice and the lack of being beaten down by the world and the lack of, you said, to come to you as, as like a child. And Father, we ask that you, um, in absolutely every way, fill our hearts with your truth. Convict us, Lord, of where we need to be convicted. We thank you, Lord, for Morgan's example, her bravery for sharing this kind of thing. So many times people think that, oh, you church people got it all together. Uh, man, we're all jacked up, Lord. <laughs> and without you, we're, we're going to be lost. And Father, we ask that you just bless this time. And as we come out of, go out of here, Lord, if anybody decides to be baptized right now, Father, lay it on their hearts. We're here. Father, if anybody... If they want to be a disciple or a disciple maker, let them come back here and let us talk. Because, Father, you are all in all. All God's people said, amen.